You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. We got a little bit of a time difference because people are coming in from different parts of the world. And what happened this morning was I actually overslept by an hour. I was so tired, I overslept by an hour. And I woke up. And I open up my Instagram, and the first person I see is this big-ass beard. I see James Harden with his ridiculous beard and those his beady eyes, and I look under it, and it says, breaking news. The Clippers signed James Harden, and I was like, you have got to be joking right now. You have got to be joking that the Clippers went out there and sign James Harden, of all people. So I'm looking through to see what people are saying. I click on the, 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 the what is it, the picture. And as soon as the comments drop down, all you see is laughing emojis. All you see is laughing emojis in the comment section, people laughing. And I'm like, I already knew this. I already knew this. So what happened? I then go on the internet. To figure out, okay, what 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 exactly did the Clippers give away? Then I go to ESPN and I'm reading this from ESPN. It says the 76ers sent James Harden, PJ Tucker, Philippe Pet- uh, Petrusev to the Clippers. I'm like, okay, let's see who the Clippers gave up. They gave up Marcus Morris. Now I knew Marcus Morris was going to be traded. Because I've been looking at a lot of these Clippers games and always at the bench, uh, Marcus Morris was never dressed and Terrence Mann was never dressed. So I assumed that they were going to try to move those guys. Um, don't like this trade, but Harden better ball. I appreciate that. Uh, Zeno Omega, long time member, uh, been part of the channel uh, for eight months. Shout out to him. So I then see, okay, the Clippers trade away Marcus Morris Sr. They trade away Robert Covington. I'm like, why would you trade away Robert Covington? Robert Covington right now has been playing the four for the Clippers. He's a three and D guy. He's a skilled defender. He can play the passing lane. He has quick hands. And I think he's a good fit. The only positive for the Clippers is that they didn't get rid of man. I agree with that. So they get rid of Robert Covington. They get rid of Nicholas Batum, which... 
I just can't understand. You then give up Kenyon Martin, KJ Martin Jr., uh, KJ, uh, KJ Martin, and then a 2028 unprotected first round pick, two second round picks, a 2029 pick swap, an additional first round pick from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the Clippers gave all of that away for James Harden? For freaking James Harden. Let me read this. I feel bad for us. It didn't work out in Houston, at least in his later years. Russ tried to facilitate. James is going to be playing more ISO than trying to get Kawhi and PG involved. Appreciate that, Tupac Westside. And I'm like, somebody said PJ Tucker is good. PJ Tucker. I don't know if you guys have been following PJ Tucker's stats. PJ Tucker doesn't even shoot, he doesn't even shoot basketball anymore. All P.J. Tucker does is play defense, and that's it. The P.J. Tucker that y'all remember from Houston is no longer that P.J. Tucker. Now, he may have a lot of tenacity. He may have a lot of fire on the defensive end of the floor, but he ain't somebody that's going to be stretching. The floor. Let me check out P.J. Tucker's stats now that you're bringing it up. P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker. Let me see. P.J. Tucker. Let me look at his stats real quick. P.J. Tucker stats. Let me see what P.J. Tucker stats are. Okay. P.J. Tucker is averaging. What is he averaging? Two points per game. 4.7 rebounds. Zero assist. 40% from the three. How many threes is he, is he even attempting? P.J. Tucker is attempting. Let me see. Three-point attempts. He's attempting 1.3, 1.73-pointers a game and making 0.7. Y'all gave up Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum for P.J. Tucker? I'm trying to figure this out. P.J. Tucker? Listen, I want to take my time with this trade. Before I even get into my thoughts, let me read what some people are saying online about the Clippers right now. One person said, L.A. strip clubs. Another person said, Clippers athletic trainer because they will be on the trainer's table all season long. Another person said, Harden and low management. That's just one. Another person said, let me just go through some of the comments what people are saying online. James Harden and P.J. Tucker and the best player you get back was Marcus Morris. Wow, no words. Another person said, laughing my, you know what, this was Daryl Morey was holding out for. Another person said, a half-eaten apple and three used socks. Another person said, Clippers gave up nothing. Another person said, worst return I've ever seen and beat is gone. Listen, I think the Clippers gave away too much. I think the Clippers gave away a little bit too much. Not for James Harden. Number one. Number two, the Clippers already had a player in Russell Westbrook that could push the pace, that plays with tremendous amount of activity, especially around the rim. That's why you can average so many rebounds. If you look at a lot of these games, Russell we, Russell Russell Westbrook is falling out of the damn rafters, grabbing a lot of those off those offensive rebounds. Number three, he has a great energy for the team, and you already got a starting point guard. So what happens? You now sign Russell. You sound you sign James Harden. So what's the Clippers starting lineup? Russell Westbrook at the one, what, James Harden at the two, 
Paul George at the three. That means Kawhi Leonard is going to be playing the four. Help me figure this out. That means one of them got to go to the bench. One of them got to go to the bench. And the question is now who? That's the first part. The second part. Of all of the most unserious basketball players in the NBA, James Harden got to be at the top of the list. It's him and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons and James Harden are the most unserious basketball players that we have going today in the NBA. You heard me right. Ben Simmons and James Harden are the two most unserious basketball players we got going in the NBA. You're going to get a guy like James Harden who's going to come to the Clippers. So what happens if the Clippers lose a big game in the playoffs? You honestly believe James Harden is going to be heartbroken about it? You honestly believe James Harden is going to be distraught about it? What if Ty Lue only decides to play James Harden in short spurts? What if he decides to get angry? What if he decides to get angry and he's like, you know what? I'm just not going to play anymore. Because according to rumors, and by rumors, I'm talking about Stephen A. Smith. According to rumors, James Harden actually quit on the Sixers last year in the playoffs. And it was so bad that Tyrese Maxey was actually out there crying. And Doc Rivers was actually livid because they all saw what James Harden was doing as he was quitting on that team. That's what Stephen A. Smith said. That ain't what I said. That's what Stephen A. Smith said. That's number two. Number three, who in a right mind will feel confident with a player like James Harden on your roster in a playoff series? Let me ask y'all a question. Do you feel confident having James Harden on your roster if you're, you are a playoff team? Leave a yes or no. I just got to know what y'all think. Shout out to Damon. Somebody said, I do. Who else? Yes or no? Somebody said no. Somebody said no. 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 This is, uh, no. Let me say, uh, I am victorious said, this is James Harden, last chance to ever. Let me read what he said. This is James Harden, last chance to ever play in the NBA uh, if this move fails. Most people are saying no. We got a few yeses in there. Some people are saying no. Let me talk about it from the Clippers standpoint. And then I'm going to talk about where the Clippers are in the Western Conference. I got a lot of thoughts. Stick around with me. That's why I gave you guys like 30 minutes <laughs> so y'all would know that we're going to go live. Somebody said, hell no. Let's look at it from the Clippers standpoint. There are a few reasons why the Clippers did this. Number one, an insurance policy. What do I mean by that? What if Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, God forbid, get injured at a critical time in the NBA season or maybe in the playoffs, God forbid. Harden quits out everywhere he's been played the most except uh, except OKC. I appreciate that. That's true. So what happens if one of those guys get injured? If one of your key players get injured, the Clippers are now hedging their bets that, well, at least we got three guys. I'll give you guys an example of what I'm talking about. Last year, imagine if it was only Paul George that was out, but they still had uh, Kawhi Leonard, Westbrook, and Harden. 
then the Clippers would have had a much better chance to advance as opposed to Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and, 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 and Paul George. Because if you lose one of those bigger guns, it may hurt you. Maybe the Clippers looked at it from that standpoint. I appreciate that, Zen Omega. Uh, and maybe we're saying to themselves, maybe we need an insurance policy. So I can understand that point. That's number one. Number two, maybe they're saying to themselves, even though we are not sure how all of this is going to fit, maybe they're like Ty Lu and the coaching staff are going to say to themselves, you know what? We have confidence that we can make it work. Now, the thing I like about Ty Lu is that Ty Lu is one of these coaches that has no problem with um, benching a star player if he needs to. Ty Lue is not one of those guys that finds it difficult to sit down certain players. Ty Lue is going to do whatever it takes to win a basketball game. And if that means sitting down a big-name player, he will do it. He does it to Russell Westbrook all the time. And if he has to do it to James Harden, I believe he will. That's number two. Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer may be also looking at this situation like, listen, I want to win a championship right now. I want to win a championship right now. If you guys know, the Clippers are moving into their new arena next year. I think they spent, what, $1.4 billion or something like that to build that arena. And I think Steve Ballmer is willing to spend his way to an NBA championship. Now, these type of things rarely work. You rarely see a scenario where you have star players, they all come together and they win a championship. It doesn't really happen like that. Usually, it's built more organically. The last time we saw something like that happen was probably uh, LeBron with and D D Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. You just pair these guys together and they win. KD with the Warriors, Steph and those guys were already there. They had already gone to a finals. They had already won a championship. And you airdrop Kevin Durant in an offseason. In this particular case, these things rarely work. The other aspect about this that I just cannot understand is this. Why would Kawhi Leonard want to play with James Harden? Why would Kawhi Leonard want to play with James Harden? Why? James Harden plays absolutely zero defense. Zero. James Harden wants no business to do with defense. If James Harden is not scoring or assisting the ball, he does absolutely nothing for a basketball team. If Russell Westbrook is not scoring or assisting the ball, he's reaching out for loose balls. He's trying to get offensive rebounds. He's blocking shots. He's running the floor. He's pushing the pay. Westbrook does more for a team even if he's not scoring. The question is, what does James Harden do for a basketball team when he cannot score? What does he do? Somebody said Harden off the bench. I'm glad you brought up that point. Bringing James Harden off the bench is the only sensible move for the Clippers. You cannot have Russell Westbrook, uh, uh, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George in the same amount. You, 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 you cannot do it. 
James Harden will hurt Russell Westbrook's game unless James Harden is going to turn into a spot-up shooter. And I also disagree with starting Harden over Westbrook. I do. I have watched some of the Clippers games this season. Hey, guys, let's try to get these likes up to 300. Let's try to get these likes up to 300. Let's try to get these likes up uh, to 300. Now that we got a lot of people in here, let's try to get these likes up. Let's try to get those likes up to 300. Y'all know I never ask you guys to like videos like that, so let's try to get these likes up uh, to 300 if you can. So, yeah. I don't see how all of these guys can start. I don't see that. And I think the Clippers are taking a major gamble. I like what Robert Covington gave them. I think Robert Covington gave them a lot of versatility and defense on the floor. I like that. Believe it or not, I like Nicholas Batum. Now, some people may, 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 be wanna, may wanna be done with Marcus Morris Sr. I totally understand that. I totally understand that. But those other pieces, I liked it. That's another thing. We gotta look at it from another angle. And then I'm going to get to where, how I think this team is going to do. You know, we spend a lot of time getting on LeBron James. We spend a lot of time getting on LeBron James. And I think in some cases, it is justifiable. Let's try to get these likes to 300 likes, 350 likes. Um, and in some cases, I feel it's justifiable to get on LeBron James. One of the biggest knocks on LeBron, and I've been one of the people that put the knock on LeBron, is LeBron has formed all of these super teams. He's had all of this help. If we look at Kawhi Leonard right now, Kawhi Leonard is currently playing on a team with four top 75 players. No, no, no. Paul George didn't make it three. Did Paul George make the top 75? I don't think Paul George did. Nah, Paul George didn't make it. Let me see. Let me see. Paul George. For the new people coming in, we talk about the Clippers trade. Let me see. NBA. He didn't make top 75 list. He did not make it. Nah, Paul George didn't make it. Russell Westbrook did. Paul George didn't. Nah, he didn't make it. He's playing with three top 75 guys. Four Hall of Famers. A Hall of Fame coach in Ty Luke. Ty Luke's going into the Hall of Fame. If they don't win it, Kawhi needs to get some of this heat. And I'm saying this as a Kawhi Leonard fan. Kawhi Leonard needs to get some of this heat. Because if I'm being honest with you guys, even if the Clippers didn't get Paul George, I mean, uh, get uh, James Harden, if they are 100% healthy, the Clippers were supposed to make the finals this year in terms of the expectation. This was the this is the make or break it year. They got to go to the finals this year for this to even matter. And now you add another player like James Harden and the Clippers don't at least make the finals. How how does that how does that not affect Kawhi? Somebody said it won't be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. Appreciate that. Let's try to get the likes of 350. And also make sure you check out the Dreamers Pro podcast that we have pinned at the top. It's not supposed to be easy. 
Some of these guys are still in their prime. Kawhi Leonard is still in his prime. Paul George is still in his prime. Russell Westbrook is at the very, very tail end of his prime. James Harden is too. But these are still Hall of Fame guys. These are still Hall of Fame guys. So Kawhi Leonard definitely needs to get some of that smoke if the Clippers underperform. And I'm saying this as a Kawhi Leonard fan. They need to. Somebody says uh, Denver is still a team to beat. Let me get to where I think this uh, this is going to rank the, the Clippers uh, with this trade. Also, guys, if you didn't check out that full Marcellus Wiley interview, uh, we got that on our Apple podcast. Make sure you check that out. And also, we may, we may be having Marcellus Wiley come on much more regularly. So we'll, we'll definitely keep you guys posted on that. You don't want to miss anything. If we drop something, the exclusive content will be on our Dreamers Pro podcast first. If you want exclusive content, that's the place you got to go to. Make sure you check out the Dreamers Pro podcast. Anyway, let's talk about where this puts the Clippers in the Western Conference. For the new people coming in, uh, the Clippers just pulled off a blockbuster trade uh, by getting James Harden and P.J. Tucker and trading away Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, uh, Robert Covington, Marcus Moore Sr., and a bunch of uh, and a bunch of picks, future picks. Where does this put the Clippers in the in the, in the Western Conference? First of all. In my personal view, looking at the Western Conference, let me look at the NBA standards real quick. Let me just see. And by the way, the Memphis Grizzlies are in trouble. Those boys are in trouble right now. They haven't won a single game this season. They are 0-4. Let's look at the Western Conference. You got the Nuggets. You got the Mavericks. You got the Warriors. You got the Pelicans. You got the Suns. You got the Clippers. You got the Lakers. Let me tell you guys who I think the top four teams are in the, East, in the Western Conference. You got the Denver Nuggets. You got, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, the, the let me say, the Warriors, just because they're the Warriors. No, no, no. I'm going to say the Denver Nuggets, the Lakers, even though they kind of started off a little shaky, I still think the Lakers are good. Then you got um, the Warriors, and then you probably got the Suns, even though the Mavericks got a 3-0 three, three and record right now. but and I have the Clippers as a sleeper team. Does this trade put the Clippers over the top? If I'm being honest with you, I still think the best team in the Western Conference is the Denver Nuggets. I still think the I still think the best team in the Western Conference is the Denver Nuggets. That is the one team that if the Clippers were to face in a playoff series, I think the Clippers would lose. I think the Clippers would lose. And I'll tell you why. Apart from the fact that the Nuggets are going to be playing with more confidence, apart from the fact, because they won a championship, apart from the fact that they have a very good roster, the number one reason I think the Clippers will lose is because of Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic is a bad matchup for the Clippers. He's just a bad matchup. They don't have anyone to play him straight up like an Anthony Davis. They don't. And he has been known to pick apart the defense of the Clippers. He is a nightmare matchup. Nightmare. If Nikola Jokic was able to play against Anthony Davis and sweep the Lakers, and that's with Anthony Davis. Now, granted, they didn't have Kawhi and all of those stuff. I'm not sure this trade makes them better than the Nuggets. I'm not sure about that. 
Now, I thought the Clippers were already better than the Suns. And last year, they proved it when they were able to even beat them in game one without Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I already thought that. But in terms of the Nuggets, I don't see it. I don't see it. Unless the the Lake, the Clippers are going to turn into this offensive juggernaut, I don't see it. I think the Denver Nuggets are the class of the Western Conference. They are. And if the Clippers are going to find a way to get out of this conference, you got to beat the Nuggets. And I don't see how this trade puts them over the top. I don't see it. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. Unless something spectacular happens. Now, granted, when the Clippers blew that 3-1 lead against the Nuggets, their head coach was, uh, what's his name, uh, Doc Rivers, who is notorious for not making adjustments in the playoffs, and that's probably one of the reasons he's no longer coaching. But I'm not sure they could beat them. I'm not sure. That's number one. And number two, you still got to knock off the champs. I'm not ready to say that this James Harden move put them head and shoulders above the West. I'm not ready to say that. I'm not ready to say that. Somebody just said we don't have a power forward. Who's their power forward on this team? Covington was kind of playing that role. So to me, I think that they have a lot of questions that they need to answer. Number one, what's the Clippers starting lineup going to be? Number two, is James Harden going to take whatever role they give him and accept it? Or is he going to be out there pouting? This is These are questions we have to ask. These are questions we have to ask. I like the team without James Harden. Without them. I think Kawhi can play the four for sure. Does he really want to do that? Does he really want to? Somebody said P.J. Tucker will play the four. Now, if you start P.J. Tucker at the four, the problem is P.J. Tucker is not stretching the floor for you. That's the problem. If you look at the starting lineup, you now have Russell Westbrook, who's not really a reliable three-point shooter, although he's shooting it pretty well. Then you have Paul George, who can shoot the three. You have Kawhi Leonard, who can shoot the three. What if you trap those guys? Zubak is not going to hit a three. So you need that other guy to be able to stretch the floor, which is what Robert Covington used to give them. That's what he used to give them. So to me, I still think the Nuggets are the best team in the Western Conference. I don't know why the Clippers made this trade. I just don't get it. Let's try to get these likes up to 400. Let's try to get these likes up to 400, guys. Let's try to get these likes up. And it turns out I'm not the only one that feels this way. Skip Bayless doesn't like the trade. Stephen A. Smith has questions about the trade. Tim Legler doesn't even like the trade. Matter of fact, most people are saying that they put more value in the health and availability of Paul George and Kawhi than they do of even this James Harden trade. That's how little this move moved the needle. That even after this trade, they still said the, the most important thing about the clip uh, for the Clippers is that Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard are healthy. Not the addition of James Harden. What is my starting lineup? I would go, well, I got to look at the roster now because I don't even know what the hell the Clippers have on their roster. Let me look. Let me see. Clippers roster. Just give me a second here. Let me look at the roster. Let me see if this is updated. Uh, let me see if it's updated. Let me see. Okay, I'm on basketballreference.com. If you guys have a more updated list, let me see. Okay, so they got 
Uh, let me see. Uh, Norman Powell. No, it's not updated. I don't know the updated list. I don't know the updated lineup. I don't know the updated lineup. Right now, all I can see is Paul George. Okay, so if it's me, I'm going to start Russell Westbrook at the one. I will keep Paul George at the two. I will keep Kawhi Leonard at the three. You're not going to start Mason Plumley because, well, he used to be the backup center. You cannot start Kenyon Martin Jr. because he's gone. You can't start Nicholas Batum. He's gone. You can't start Robert Covington. He's gone. Unless, let me see, who did they get in that trade? They got, let me see, who did they get? Just a second. They just named uh, James Harden trade. Hold on. There's a player that they got that I just want to make sure I got his name right. Uh, what's the player? Uh, hold on one second. Let me get the, let me get the, the there's another player. No, not P.J. Tucker. There's somebody else. Uh, the other guy. Yeah, Pit. Uh, Pit. Pit. Hold on. Let me see if I can get his name. Petrosevic. Let me see if I get his name. Hopefully, I got his name right. Let me see. Okay, here you go. I want to see what type of player he is. I've never paid attention to him. So he's a power forward. Uh, he's a six foot eleven power forward. Um, regular season three. I, I don't really know his stats. Let me see. Let me get his stats because I don't really know his stats. See, I don't even know his stats. Maybe they plan to start him. I don't know. He must be a guy that stretches the floor. I'm not even sure if he's a guy um, that stretches the floor. I don't know. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's him. I don't know. Now, if they can start him, then good. I don't, I don't, I'm not with P.J. Tucker. I'm just sorry. I'm not with P.J. Tucker. I'm so, P.J. Tucker doesn't shoot. He doesn't shoot. So he's not going to put defense. Uh, he's not going to put a defense in jeopardy. And you're going to be able to load up on Kawhi or Paul George, and you're going to have to force Russell Westbrook to be a shooter. Is that what you want to do, man? They better put man, James Harden needs to come off the bench. James Harden needs to come off the bench with Norman Powell. Uh, uh, but then again, they got a backup point guard, and I, I don't even know what the hell the Clippers are doing because they still got Bones Highland. Nobody knows what the Clippers are doing. Nobody. Nobody knows. You got Bones Highland. You got, uh, 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 what is it, Norman Powell. You now added this guy. I don't know. We're going to have to see. I don't know. This is, <laughs> this is why Ty Lue is getting paid all that damn money to figure out this roster. I don't know. I personally don't know. What the hell? I don't know. This is not my job. I don't even know what the, I don't need to figure this out. Just getting big names. So that's the same thing that the Lakers fell into. The Lakers saw the, the Nets go out there and get James Harden, and it was Nightmare or Halloween, all of this BS, scary hours. And then the Lakers now overreact, and they go get Russell Westbrook. When they would have been su better suited getting more role players. And in fact, the Lakers are a better team with more role players that fit in better. Appreciate that, Trayvon. So to me, man, let's Tyloo gotta figure it out. I am I am not picking the Clippers. If the Clippers win, they're gonna win in spite of James Harden. I don't see them winning with James Harden. The dude's attitude is what I cannot deal with. We're talking about the same James Harden. Let's try to get these likes up to 400. That after a playoff game, after a playoff game, he was seen in a strip club. Did you hear what they said? They said the only thing that's going to stop the Clippers this year is load management and strip clubs. 
Just imagine that being your reputation. They said the only thing that's going to stop the Lakers this season, the Clippers this season, is load management and strip clubs. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Uh, last night, I was going through the internet. <clears throat> And I came across a video that was suggested to me, funny enough, from Marcellus Wiley's channel. And he was talking about a range of different things, right? Uh, then I saw a segment in which he was discussing Brandon Marshall's comments on uh, ESPN Shannon Sharp. And I'm like, what did Brandon Marshall have to say about uh, Shannon Sharp? So I immediately went on the internet to hunt down that, that video. And I came across a channel called Danza Project uh dance a project that's the name of the channel so i quickly went over there and i started to kind of look for what he had to say essentially to give you guys the backs the backdrop the two gentlemen the two hosts were talking about an incident that they had on their show featuring charleston white and um britney reiner 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 whatever her name is anyway uh so they were talking about how kind of how that was a, a bit of a mess right uh, as show so they were talking about that and then they said you know by the way um uh, uh, Shannon Sharp had her on his show, right? And a lot of us scratched our heads when we saw that decision, but that's a whole different conversation. But anyway, so we thought that we're going to just start laughing about that. And then Brandon Marshall just comes out of nowhere and says, uh, you know, Shannon Sharp is whack. And they were like, wow, really? And then they asked him to kind of explain his position. Uh, so what we want to do is want to play exactly what Brandon Marshall had to say about uh, Shannon Sharp, and then want to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what he had to say here. Yeah, she did the Shannon Sharp one. Oh, after? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's that's when when he asked her about uh, how many bodies she had. He's she told him and he started. He said he's white. Look what Shannon's white. <laughs> that's former alumni. And, uh, he If he was former alumni, he wouldn't be talking about athletes the way he's talking about athletes. He, okay. He talking like he like he was trained to, to be a abc nbc analysts yeah yeah it's like there's a responsibility that you have like first off i would say this amazing career and he to me i think he's uh probably um he's probably top three when it comes to personalities right now on television yep he he found this he hit a stride Definitely. when he started pulling out the black and miles and the hennessy Memes and stuff. On FS1, he found it, right? And he became America's uncle. So shout out to him there. But what I don't vibe with is when you tear down your fellow, you know, athlete. There's a way to critique them. You know, it's like, and you clout chasing, you talking about Russell Wilson a year later on some other things. Like, like, come on, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, your, you, your platform's too big for you to, Go chase that, yeah. and I just don't vibe with that. I like. I was watching the interview you did with Stephen A. Smith, mm -hmm. and I like what he said about that because obviously he catches all the flack for what he says and, he's, and how he's he a, says. He's it. a word Smith. He he's go go go. Yeah, but he his, well, his point was, I say what I say, but I really talk like this. If you catch me acting different, he's like, this is how I talk. He said, That's can true. I have a job? He said, this is my personality. If you catch me. Putting this on, then you could be annoyed with me because I'm doing something. I'm not being somebody. But here's you the problem. I mean? Here's the problem. So Stephen A. Smith and like the Skip Bayless of the world changed the game from a uh, broadcasting covering sports standpoint. Journalism 
there's a you're not going out there critique like talking about the person the athlete the person of the athlete you're not going out there talking about the x's and o's because you don't know the x's and o's okay so they went out there boom it turns into first first take and they start putting all this color in the game yeah right and so they you know it's like they start talking about things that and it's not, I'm not just, this is not about Stephen A, it's about the industry. So it start adding, a, you know, more sauce to sports. Well, too much color. And so people's opinions, like you ask, like I was, I got into it on some, with somebody on my show. And they're like, this quarterback suck. I'm like, why does quarterback suck? Because he threw this interception. I said, why did he throw the interception? And they couldn't tell me why he threw the interception. But any, you know, body who, who know like football and that person's job would say like actually that wasn't on a quarterback it was on a receiver the receiver actually ran the wrong route so the quarterback dropped back he took a five-step drop he looked the safety off then threw it to the right if he ran the right route it would have been a touchdown instead of an interception mm. but what we see in media is that you suck the quarterback through the interception but re- the reality is it's on a wide receiver so you got guys out there creating these narratives that's just destroying careers or reputations. I see. And so, like, the reason why Shannon Sharp caught her straight from me is because sometimes he's going out there just, like, get, just click. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? It's yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's not you know, good. here's what I learned in that game, and that's why I had to get out of FS1 in, like, the whole linear stand, side of things is because, and watch this, Stephen A. Smith, he loves the he loves he hates the Cowboys. He loves the Steelers. He loves the Knicks. He hates this person, right from a from a from a TV standpoint. And then you got Skip Bayless. You know who he like. You know who he don't like. Yeah, them Cowboys. Who loves Jordan? Who loves LeBron? Debate. Right. So basically, they 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 protect their takes. So it don't matter what happens in this game or what happens with this athlete. It's going to be something. That no, I'm, I got to make sure my point is valid. So you go out there and you start making up yeah. shit. Like, because you got to keep it. Skip Bayless, how can you say something bad about LeBron James? <laughs> he got to protect his take because what? That makes him relevant. That that actually was one. That's one of his biggest things is LeBron James, this LeBron James, that bruh. How can you go out there and talk that reckless about LeBron James? Now, you can say he had a bad game. You can say, you know what I'm saying, that was a bad mistake. He shouldn't have did this, made the decision that way. You, you, can, you, can, you can give your opinion there. But to say he's not good, to say he's not great, to say he's a terrible person, to say, how? It makes him what? A hater. <laughs> so you heard what he had to say. This is going to be a very nuanced conversation, or at least it should be. In the world that we live in today, with every passing day, sports media is starting to have more checks and balances. What am I talking about? Traditionally, sports media was something that was conducted on television and in newspapers uh, and maybe various other uh, mediums. But generally, it was television and newspapers, right? So the people that... Um, said stuff about athletes on TV or said stuff about sports on TV or wrote about it online were the ones that were able to kind of decide the message and there weren't really any checks and balances beyond an editor, maybe the head of a company, whatever it is, right? So these people had the freedom to say what they wanted without really any pushback. But with the advent of social media and other media platforms like YouTube, Facebook, uh, you know, and other various 
streaming platforms, it is now given athletes and other voices uh, 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 a medium to now go out there and express their views, but to also um, provide checks and balances to some of the things that are being said. In a way, they're kind of policing some of the things that are said. And it's not just athletes policing people, you know, media members. It's also media members policing athletes now on their new platforms. You saw, I'll give you guys an example of this. You saw a spat that took place uh, between Paul George and Stephen A. Smith a few months ago when, um, you know, there were some things that were said on Stephen A. on Paul George's show, and then Stephen A. Smith went on his show, and then and then they went finally they all met on Paul George's show, and they had their back and forth. Right? These things never used to happen in the past. And what we're seeing is that now sports media is turning a lot of former athletes into mega stars. Uh, and you can see that with Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp now is more popular than he is than he had ever been at any point in time, I would argue. And you see him on shows like ESPN, where on certain days they're bringing in eight, seven, seven, eight hundred and fifty thousand viewers, live viewers a day to watch their show. And because of that, uh, he has a lot of influence. And when you have a lot of influence, a lot of influence, you have to be careful uh, with what it is you're saying because their people are going to push back on you. Now, to Brandon Marshall's point about the way you conduct your business in terms of critiquing sports, I understand where he is coming from because he's like, listen, um, it's one thing to critique what you're seeing, critique events, critique certain actions that certain players made. It's another thing when you critique the person. I understand that vantage point, but there is another. But then there's another side to this, because sometimes a player's personality can dictate their their behavior on the court or on the field. I give you guys an example of this: James Harden. James Harden has a reputation as a player, and he also has a reputation as a professional. And these two things are interlocked. You cannot evaluate James Harden solely on his performances on the court. You also have to evaluate him, evaluate him best based on his temperament, the way he, the things that he has done and his behaviors in the past. You have to factor all of those things in where inevitably you're going to have to discuss the person's personality. And if you don't do that, it makes it seem as if you're trying to circumvent giving people the full picture. Give you guys another example of this. You remember when Ben Simmons went on the J.J. Redick podcast. When he was up there, J.J. Redick was asking him no questions of any serious magnitude whatsoever. He just let Ben Simmons kind of skate through. And a lot of people were like, hey, why didn't you ask the tough questions? Why didn't you question his work ethic? Why isn't he improving on this basketball game? All of these different things, which go into a person's personality and their character. Because then we have to ask, okay, so what is it about you that's, not, that's causing you not to improve as a player, right? So in certain instances like that, it is necessary for an, a journalist or an athlete to do that. Now, maybe Brandon is talking from the standpoint of, listen, you're a former athlete, so you need to have a certain type of decorum when you're talking about athletes in terms of protecting them. But I disagree with that notion. I think you should say what you see. I don't, I think you should try not to make it personal and it's very hard because we're all human beings here, but I think you should say what you see. And I think that's one of the things, that's one of the main differentiators between a person, for example, like Charles Barkley and everybody else. 